Welcome to another edition of the Hangout Podcast. This is your host, Juan Hernandez. Today, I'm joined by my very special guest, Heli Martinez. Heli, how's it going? Very good. Very good. Thanks. You know, last time we spoke, uh, say, maybe around January, I came mm-hmm. down here for another guitar lesson and a podcast. Mm-hmm. We have been, uh, no, we've been very, both been very busy. I know you've been very busy since then. Uh, what you been up to? Playing a lot of gigs with the band and uh, some here uh, in, in Clear Lake, the Houston area, some in Florida, um, down in Corpus Christi, mm-hmm. Border Ranges, uh, Ranges Pass, bunch of beach gigs doing the trop rock thing. So I know this is the first for, for myself and for yourself. I'm actually recording this on GarageBand since my other program decided to stop working for some reason. So you always got to have a backup plan exactly. in advance. And actually, uh, for the people listening out there, I'm actually going to go live on my Facebook page right now. Okay. So this is actually the second time. Well, maybe I've done this several times uh, for the people watching at home uh, where I actually record the podcast and then stream live simultaneously. Just kind of a little experiment that I like to do every now and then. Um, so yeah, I know you've been, I know it's actually, you've actually been quite busy since the last time I came down here. I've been trying to come down here since then. Yeah, it's been fun doing a lot of the gigs. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of them are in the heat, so that's, that takes a toll on you. And, I'm sure, I'm And sure. living out of hotel rooms, too. This now is, you see the thing now trying to reconnect. See, this always happens whenever you're trying right? to record something. But, you know, that's just, uh, nonetheless, I mean, that's just a whatever. If it decides to connect, it'll connect. Okay. And if it doesn't, well, then we just have to go from there. Well, yeah, actually, come, getting to come down here and uh, do another guitar lesson. Though we've been working on uh, Wanted Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi right? for countless times. I'm still trying to, trying to nail it down at home, watching videos, trying to remember things that you we go over right? every time. It's uh, it's a process to actually have to learn a song and actually be able to execute it live whenever you learn it. Yeah, exactly. And getting from one chord to another mm-hmm. and takes uh, practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did when I was younger. I just practiced a bunch, make a big pot of coffee and and just go at it from the morning till... And then at night I would have gigs. So I'd do a gig uh, almost five nights a week mm-hmm. and... Uh, so I'd be tired the next day, but I'd go to sleep late and mm-hmm. wake up late. But that was when I was and younger. Just repeat over, repeat and over, over and over. So you find yourself playing guitar hours and hours a day, you mm-hmm. know. But playing live really is where you get, because you're on the spot, right? Mm-hmm. You're on the spot. People are looking, uh, and uh, you can't very well stop in the middle of a song and go, "Wait a minute, I didn't do that right." You know, you got to keep going. So right. one of the things about learning how to, how to play in front of people is keep going, even if you make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And do you find it, uh, do you find yourself practicing more now um, than before? Because I hear a lot of musicians and bands nowadays say they don't really sit down and practice anymore. They just rehearse. Yeah. You Does know, that, that depend that, on, on the person? That or? takes, uh, yeah, personal initiative, really. Mm-hmm. And I've gone through years where I didn't practice at all. I just show up to the gig and play, because everything became automatic, right? You learn the songs, you play them a bunch, uh, you know them by heart, 
uh, practicing in the daytime, it's like after you grow up, you've got a lot of other things to do. Yeah. You got you know bills to pay. You got errands to run. Uh-huh. And you got to rest for the gig at night. Uh, so there were years where I didn't really practice that much. Uh, but then I finally so you go through through different at different times you get to where some years you practice a bunch and different right phases. now I'm going through a different phases mm-hmm. where right now I'm going through a practice phase where I really love to practice uh-huh. so I'm kind of reconnected with the guitar uh, playing it more now practicing mm-hmm. it kind of like what I used to when I was younger and that's because I really have connected again and really love playing it mm-hmm. so and I'm constantly learning something new right. so is there right. anything currently that you're heavily into now, right now, uh, or revisit that you're revisiting as far as guitar playing? Or you know, basics. I, I'm go, I'm going back to the basics, mm-hmm. and it, which is uh, just watching my right hand, alternate picking uh, technique, making sure everything that I'm doing is clean, mm-hmm. and that you can hear everything that I I want you to hear, and uh, and a little more on jazz a little bit right now. Simply because uh, I'm learning more chords and, and and chord progressions and how they work. So, and what I found myself doing is turning on the TV and playing along with the commercials uh-huh. or the travel channel or the sports channel, mm-hmm. and uh, I just play along with what's, with the music in the background, trying to see if I can see what key they're in and. And I usually can do that. I can find what, what key they're in pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And then I just start improvising on my own or copying what they're doing just so that I can go from one technique to the next, mm-hmm. from one commercial to the next. It may be an acoustic on one on one commercial and, and an electric, hard rock, you know, hardcore rock on the next one. So it's really challenging just to play with the TV. Right. Know, so. And in, instead of just trying to focus on just one style, you try to... Oh, mix yeah. it up a little bit. Yeah, that would bore me if I just stuck to one style. That would bore me. So, do you find? And speaking speaking on that topic, uh, sometimes I think about bands nowadays where the like the more established bands, where you kind of I kind of say to myself, man, don't they ever get tired of playing that song, or or you know, do you ever get bored just uh, singing the song up there, or just kind of not into it? But I do see a lot of established bands, you know, still getting into it. Yeah, I think you still get into it, depending on you know how you, um, how you feel about you. Know, a lot of the music that that I can play, they give me room to improvise. Mm-hmm. You know, in the lead part areas, you want to. Uh, a lot of the cover songs, and you'll repeat what the they did on the record. But there's also areas where you can improvise and do your own thing. Right. So that keeps it from getting boring, you know. Right. So right now what I'm actually doing is I'm just, I'm not even going live on Facebook. It's just kind of recording through my old phone on here. Okay. Just to see what, uh, just to see what happens. I'm always testing out new things and uh, also trying to see what works and what doesn't work. Right. Especially since you had asked me so many questions about computers and recording and stuff you actually want to dive back into doing all that yeah definitely uh, because i want to set up my own studio here at the house and uh how long has it been since you've actually actually had like a little setup of your own and actually had people 
comb to lay down tracks. Or a couple things of, like that. at least a couple to three years. You know, I used to have a standalone machine where uh, I had a Boss 1600, uh, which was uh, you, you had eight tracks, but you could lay down 16 tracks, and uh, it had everything in the machine. So, mm-hmm. but this this next time I want to do the computer thing, which which is uh, using using whatever in the computer to do it that way. Uh, as opposed to a standalone machine, they both work, mm-hmm. and I could actually burn a CD with a standalone machine. I could burn a CD there. It had burning. You could burn a, a CD there with the machine, and uh, you, so you could record your your tracks and then burn one and listen to it in your car and to see what the mix was like. Right, and even nowadays with uh, even with the program that I was using before the mm-hmm. audition program. Uh, you would you can just lay down like a simple guitar track, maybe mix it in between, convert it to MP3, upload it to your iTunes, transfer it to your phone, and right. just go from there. Exactly. I don't know how easy it was to do that. Right. Whereas oh. before, you'd actually have to go into a studio and uh, actually record a track. And if you're doing it back then, you know, doing it on tape and have to go back over that tape. Oh, yeah. And plus... Uh, you had to bounce tracks. For mm-hmm. example, when they only had a four, let's take the Beatles. Mm-hmm. They had a four-track machine, and they were doing incredible things with it. L- right. Listen to their, to one of their old songs that has, seems like a hundred tracks on there. Yeah. But they were using four-track machines. Okay, how do you do that? You know. Mm-hmm. But they were, uh, they were bouncing. You had to bounce, which meant you had four tracks. So you'd leave the fourth track alone, and you'd record it on the first three, mm-hmm. and then you would you would get those three tracks after you recorded on it, and what they call bounce, which means re-record those first three tracks, like the bass, drums, and an acoustic guitar, bounce them to your fourth track. Right. Then go back. That would clean up your first three tracks again. Uh-huh. Now you have all those things you did before the guitar, bass, and and drums on the fourth track now leaves the first three open again. You re-record the first two, bounce to the third track, and so on and so on, and make so many tracks. You know, that sounds very that sounds very uh, exhausting. It is, but it, yeah, it is. It was, but now you don't have that problem. Now you can have a million tracks. Now even you can you can almost record, re-record, record. Uh, and keep going. And keep going. Let's see if this thing actually flips over. Uh, okay. So, trying to test out this little camera here. See how it would actually record. It's always a pain whenever you think you have everything down, and then it just kind of craps out on you at the last minute. Right. And you have to kind of improvise. But even before, back then, I'm assuming it would be a, a lot more exhausting and a lot more time-consuming to it, actually have to do all that. It was, but but it was, but you you uh you got used to it because you did you know and and super creative people could just sit there and and stay and stay in the studio for hours, mm. you know. It just makes the, nowadays it just makes the process easier, and and you have a great sounding 
units, mm-hmm. you know, reverbs, delays, all these effects that you can put on them a lot quicker and, and better quality, you know. Do you find yourself enjoying uh, actually being in the studio more or actually uh, performing live? I love to perform live because that's where you, you know, you, you're in front of people and you see the reaction right away. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're in the studio, you're not getting that reaction. You're just laying down a track. Uh, you're only getting the reaction from your fellow musicians or your engineer. Or the producer. And producer. Which sometimes can go one or two ways. You know, you can actually agree on something. and Yeah. Other times you disagree on something. Be like, hey, you know, I maybe cut this part out or... Oh, yeah. Or add this in there or, you know, that doesn't sound right. Try something else. Exactly. Or, You'll have to work it out with the, with the producer. But that's... A producer can really... A good producer can make you, you know? Yeah. What was the... Uh, I hear a lot of a lot of interviews and uh, discussions about uh, oh, the guy the, the guy that worked with the Beatles, George Martin. George Martin, yeah. God, he about was how, how he was like the fifth Beatle. He really the, was. I mean, I mean, he brought in ideas and and he, he knew what what sounded great. He mm-hmm. would get, although they were incredibly talented, all those guys. I mean, uh, he he was the fifth Beatle. He'd come in with the ideas that would really make it into an incredible song. Right. So, I mean, he'd be hearing something different. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd be recording and they'd be hearing something, but he had another idea which would make it into, into what you album. eventually the heard album. on the album, the right? song, uh-huh. Right. And he'd also, uh, you know, say, gee, that song would sound great with a with a 25-piece orchestra, whereas they never thought about that. No, they'd just go in there and yeah, just play. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So once he got he got a hold of the orchestra mm-hmm. and uh, put it on there, then it'd go, wow, you know, Sounds look what it is different. now. It right? actually become a bigger bigger song. He, right, right. Wow. Or he may say, yeah, this instrument mm-hmm. from you know from Japan or from or from India might grow great here. You like know, a so sitar, a sitar, or all that, like that. Yeah. How how big for people for younger people like myself people that didn't grow up in the 60s mm-hmm. or even yeah in the 60s how big of, of an impact were the Beatles because you I, I hear the stories all the time I've seen the documentaries uh, the movies of how how big they were in the 60s when they came over here and how they would actually have to have played I don't know how many sets during the day right in order to be that good it was an avalanche was it was it? like an avalanche Cause, i mean cause who was there before the beatles well you really it, it was a whole new era when and when the mm. beatles came in it was the liverpool sound you know uh, the english invasion the british invasion right. and all these bands were starting to come up you know but they had learned from from the American guys, mm-hmm. they admired the American guys. Right, because you but, had you had people like Elvis and exactly, yeah, people like Elvis, uh, Chubby Checker, Fats mm-hmm. uh, Domino, uh, and uh, you, you had the Beach Boys here, but they were influenced by the Beatles too. But before then, it was it was different. It was the Four Seasons. Um, it was American stuff, and there was there was uh, R and B going around. But when the Beatles came in, they put that uh, that whole different, you know, 
English spin on it. And I mean, it it really was like a, it was really was like an avalanche. When it happened, it was incredible. I mean, it really was. And it started a whole new thing. Uh, your girls going crazy they over, were. over them. And yeah. then, uh, the guys wanted to be like them with their hairstyle. Exactly. And, uh, and you know, people, a lot of people were turned off by it because it, sure it was something were. new, you know. And, uh, and uh, so <laughs> it was something else. And, and we loved it. The people that loved it, we loved it, you know. I know they came, they came to Houston. I forget. They um, did. They did. I don't know what year it was, but I had a cousin that went to it. Really? He was there, you know. I think they like '67 the, or at the Coliseum, the San yeah, Houston Coliseum. The Coliseum. So I know all the bands used to used to play there. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I've always I'm always uh, interested in always uh, interested in learning all that stuff about how they would come through back then. Right. The impact that they had, people like the Beatles, uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Zeppelin. Yeah. With the, like the British Invasion had like the uh, Dave Clark Five, mm-hmm. the Animals. I was listening to the Animals the other day. Just Eric, oddly enough, Eric Burden. Eric Burden and the Animals. Right. There was this. Uh, matter of fact, I think I got turned on to them by your by your brother. I can't remember how long this was, but I right. mean, I'm not that old, but still, getting into the Animals, I'd be listening to House of the Rising Sun. Uh, things like uh, what was that other song called? San Franciscan Nights. Uh, I'm just going yeah. off the top of my they, head. I used to practice to an animals. I remember they had a song that went. British all the way, mm-hmm. but they all those bands like the Animals, uh, the Dave Clark Five, the Beatles, Herman's Hermits. Mm-hmm. Herman's Herm- Hermits was more vanilla. Oh, what were they? Yeah, and the Stones came out too, but that was like the Angels and the Devils. The <laughs> Beatles were like the Angels. The Stones were like the Devils. You know, they were more gritty, more. Oh, they were like street rock. Mm-hmm. You know leather jackets the whole thing they looked bad you know right uh, but it was their their thing and 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 they you know look what they you know how they yeah, influence they, they spawned so many bands you they look did. at bands like aerosmith the guns and roses you, that's where it all comes from. right exactly they just add their own little distinct style to exactly it. yeah they get did. heavier or yeah a little bit faster right but you look at all these bands now all these established bands and in like going to the concerts I just went to go see Metallica and Iron Maiden kind of consecutively within a week of each other and it's funny because they'll be playing I know they both bands did this they'll be playing and they'll ask the crowd okay how many of you guys uh, how many of you are seeing us for the first time and most of the stadium or the place they're playing will just erupt really and then people, then they'll ask the other question. Okay, how many of you guys have seen us before? You know, mm-hmm. in the early days, and you still hear quite a few people cheer. Right. Not as much. So usually these shows are kind of split half and half. Isn't that old something? Old school and new school, which is kind of it's kind of strange. Cause it's like, wow, they'll play old stuff, but then they'll play new stuff. Too. Right. Kind of so th- accommodate for. 
all yeah. the new fans. So they're still they're still turning new people on. And it's amazing how they're still relevant to this day. Both a band like Metallica and Iron Maiden. Right. Whereas other bands from that certain era, they'll come around or play like a scalp bar or House of Blues. Right. But that's it. People will be like, yeah, I remember when, you know, they... They, I used they to had a see hit them at the, mm-hmm. in the 80s or in the 90s, and it's kind of like they grew out of it. But yeah. Metallica comes to town, or Iron Maiden, everybody just Well, certain bands just have that thing, you know? And it's funny, because a band like Iron Maiden, they never had a hit single on the radio. They got played on MTV every now and then. Right. But it was mostly just the diehard fans that went out to go see them. And actually put them up there. But a lot of those bands made their made their, they got famous that way, didn't they? Where they, mm-hmm. they they kind of were not doing that radio thing, but they built a giant following, a big following. Especially a band like Iron Maiden. I don't know if you've ever uh, heard any of their songs or are familiar with the with them, but they went through a phase where, from like '82 to maybe '80. I want to say 88 maybe mm-hmm. they were just touring constantly every year pumping out new albums every year and yeah. i believe at some point maybe like 85 they did a tour that lasted like a whole year and by the time it was over they were just boy that had to burn out they probably also had fans all over the world right oh yeah they were going to places like poland uh, south america japan maybe japan uh, going places for the first time that then mexico right and i mean they i'm i'm pretty sure they were just burned out they just took the rest of that year off oh, i believe it it's a it's it's uh incredible that they didn't kill each other probably i'm surprised <laughs> I, I read something on that also about uh bon jovi i've been looking at bon jovi for for quite a while as far as like his career and his uh-huh. songs uh-huh. i think they did a tour back in 88 uh, was it the new jersey tour where they almost toured for like the whole year really and to the point where uh john bon jovi had to be getting shots for his vocals like steroid shots because they were just getting strained way too much. Boy, you know, that's dangerous, right? So, by the time it was over, they all just went their separate ways, you know, yeah. their separate planes, cars, Probably didn't whatever. want to see each other. They were just done with it. But they they were hugely successful. Even to this day, he's still relevant. But, you know, during that year, they came back with a million bucks each, probably. Oh, at least. I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. I can Im- but just imagining, uh, for somebody who doesn't play... Uh, music for a living or even just practicing is can get exhausting at times yeah just repetition but as far as playing as a musician touring I'm, and if you've done it for years right what can somebody actually coming up now as a musician you know playing whatever it may be rock or blues or pop what can they look forward to as far as uh, maintaining a career like that well, at that level you, you know a lot of the bands the old bands made mistakes right they they they, they, they partied a lot mm-hmm. so if you're going to be on the road you guys are going to be living kind of together you're going to be doing rehearsals well probably there's a time in the daytime where you have to yourself or if you're with a family or something you you Probably not. Let's say not the family. Mm-hmm. So 
everybody have their own hotel room and there's got to be a, a time in the daytime where you don't see each other you know and you meet for rehearsals mm -hmm. and so uh, you're still going to get sick of each other and you're still going right. to get into arguments mm -hmm. and all that so little things that you don't like the other person doing oh, little you know, things you know like yeah that don't mean anything yeah. can you stop you know yeah doing yeah. that can or you, stop looking at right. me can you quit wearing that color you know <laughs> crazy things you know yeah. so uh you want to stay healthy though also mm -hmm. so if you can if bands nowadays if they can stay healthy you know and live a healthy lifestyle that's an important one there there was this uh when i saw van halen live for the first time a couple years ago mm -hmm. uh david lee roth he's on stage you know he's doing his little you know his little rap whatever right. he does he's like yeah you know uh we get back on the tour bus but you know it's not like the old days where you know you'd have a bunch of women and all that right. you know powder of cocaine laying right. there correct he's like now you just had we have like our own little juicer now so we start juicing <laughs> right my dad's like man he yeah. says that now you know when he did all that stuff back then right they did and it's surprising <laughs> they lived through it i'm so. sure because i mean when you're dealing with and this topic always interests me when you're dealing with that much money on the line that level of uh, playing that's that's a lot of pressure to be under yeah it is it is a lot of pressure and you've got to keep so you got to keep your head about you right exactly so if you can stay healthy your mind can stay healthy mm -hmm. as as healthy as as you can you give it a chance to stay healthy you know so it's it's probably a good idea to have a clear head and and also maybe have a way to be able to to be able to talk to each other about things that bother you without you know have not a psych with you you know not mm -hmm. a psychiatrist traveling with you but uh, just to kind of keep each other in check kind of like yeah hey, to keep you know, a perspective on what's going on you know you're doing is say you know somebody's drinking or doing drugs and be like hey you need to well they've got to be able to a thing like that like mm -hmm. drinking or doing drugs i'd say is is a, that's a that's a hard one that needs to be addressed yeah yeah it's so, either you stop doing that or you know we or you might gotta have, go we might have to find a replacement right exactly it's not gonna, it's not gonna end well it no never it's does. not it's not it never does it's not so uh and that can that can you that can blow things out of proportion and um uh, you may end up doing something that you regret the next day, right. right? And I hear, I hear constantly, you know, people like we were talking before um, on the last uh, podcast, where you're gonna have your critics and people will say, you know, why did you fire this guy? Or it's not the same without the original. Right. Well, there's always a reason behind everything. You're not just gonna wake up one day and, hey, you're fired from the band. We're yeah. getting somebody, right? Somebody no, else. No, there's always you. something behind. Yeah, of course. And a lot of people that don't do it don't understand those things. They don't. You know, they they don't. just want to, you know, I want to keep, you know, my band together. Right. And it's still it a is. business, so. It is. So, uh, and there may be members that might be ready to quit, you know, that have had enough, that can't take it, you know. Right. Some, uh, that's why a lot of bands will, they resist going on the road as much as, you know, they may have meetings and go, well, we can go on the road this year and, and some members may go, well, I don't want to go on the road that much. So mm -hmm. they come to a compromise, you know, where they can still stay healthy and, and keep their sanity. 
and right. keep the band together. Right. I saw this, uh, and I have this documentary on DVD uh, about Metallica. They did this like in 2003. They were going through the same thing. I mean, they pretty much got to the point where they were like, well, I think this band is pretty much done because you know, our bassist quit. Right. Uh, the singer, James Hetfield, had to check into rehab because he was having a lot of alcohol issues. And the other two were kind of just left on the wayside, like, hey, what do we do now? Yeah, like, what do we do now? What if he doesn't want to come back? Yeah. But it's like you said, those things have to be addressed. Cause yeah. Because he was getting to the point where it was affecting him personally with his family and, you know, having, being kicked out of the house. Right. He imagined being the lead singer of Metallica, millions of dollars in your bank account. You don't have a place to stay. Your, you know, personal relationship is <laughs> yeah. pretty much, you know, yeah. done. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It is. I'd, crazy. I'd rather just, you know, have what I have now. Forget all the money and all the right. you know, yeah, fame exactly. and fortune, and keep your sanity. There was this uh, book that I just finished reading called uh, "The War of Art." It's pretty good. You probably like it. Okay. It's about pretty much uh, resistance. How you say you're going to do something, right? But then at the last minute, you're like, no, nah, I don't want to do it because this. Other things. Other things, whether if it's uh, writing a book or learning an instrument or going to the gym. And it pretty much breaks it down to what resistant is. And what are the... It's pretty much, it, it has different, like different chapters and different kind of like themes to it. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, it kind of breaks down the meaning of the word hack being a hack mm -hmm. kind of like okay for example in music let's just say okay i want to start a band okay. okay i'm gonna start a band okay what's the latest thing going on right now what are what do people like and then just going with that okay i don't yeah. know if that makes any sense yeah yeah so you're really not doing it for the love of you know of playing music. music you're doing it to satisfy other people. Yeah, for another reason. For other reasons, and it, later and, on it gets and exposed. And not for art's sake. Exactly, then it gets exposed, and then you're kind of like, well, what's the next thing? Right, yeah, when, you're kinda, what happens when they find you out, you know? Exactly. Oh, you're a sellout, or... Okay. Or any of that, yeah. <laughs> okay, you're a hack. <laughs> Pretty much. Look what happened to Nilly, Nilly Vanilli. Vanilli. They came out. Was it like in the eighties that they came out? Or I think it was the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was the eighties. Cause they they came out and then just out of nowhere, it's like okay, that's it. Yeah, but then they they what did they do? Then they did a they did a show. Mm-hmm. And and but the music was was being played in the. In the background? Yeah, it was being it was taped, and they were acting like they were singing, and then something happened, and the tape went good, tape went crazy, and they found them out, and they weren't know? really singing, and that that pretty much ended their career. So, but I never liked, them. <laughs> I, never <laughs> I never liked that. Never liked them. So. No, but yeah. pretty much, that's pretty much what it is with these bands, and then I guess you kind of have to go through that period of. Uh, because people get burned out, people get tired. Sometimes you just need a break away from yeah, everything. Yeah, you do. Because I know like a band like Iron Maiden that I also went to go see, uh -huh. they went through a period where the singer just quit. Hey, I'm leaving the band. I want to do my own solo thing now. Yeah. Everybody's like, well, what are we going to do? You're like our main guy. Yeah, that's tough. 
so they ended up bringing in another singer. That's tough. It, it didn't quite work out as well. They they were canceling tours left and right here in the states. This was like in the '90s when they had like all the grunge bands mm-hmm. and all the alternative music going on. So they ended up having to go overseas down south because they were selling out places all over except here but they went they went without uh, without the singer the they singer. they got the new guy and I listened he sounds decent but it's not what they probably could have changed the name of the band mm-hmm. they, maybe that would have worked but it's not Iron Maiden because no. everybody knows Iron Maiden with uh, Bruce Dickinson yeah and plus, that high uh, operatic style of music yeah, yeah. so people you know people were like oh, okay so they he came back and they did the reunion and they were selling out again but he well, needed look, he needed to get away from from that because he was just getting tired and burned well, out that's like, the problem man. with with things like that you know you you gotta watch a lot of people got burned out a lot of the, a lot mm-hmm. of musicians got burned out when they went on the road they're trying to you know, they have a record all of a sudden it becomes a hit mm-hmm. and um, so the tours come here comes the tours yeah your manager's going we got to book all these. We got to book all these because he's going to make money, right? Yeah. He's going to make you money, but he's making money, mm-hmm. and and he wants to he wants to make you money. Look at like Michael Jackson. They were they were working him to death. Oh, the managers were working him to death because when you're hot, you're hot, and uh, but a lot of those guys don't take into consideration the artists. They're mm-hmm. going to get burnt, you know. If you work that much, you're going to get burnt out. You right. really are. And then he, he wanted to, like the singer for Myron Maiden, he wanted to, he would present some new ideas, and I guess some of them were being turned down to the point where he's like, well, I'm just going to go do my own solo band and just do whatever I want. I think a lot of times the, the, the artists, they want to grow, mm-hmm. but even the people won't let them grow, or the, the fan base, you know, maybe they want to go into something else, but... Gosh, you at that point you you can almost become your own worst. What you created mm-hmm. is becoming your enemy, right? Because they know you for this. And let's say you want to branch out, but but the 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 managers and the producers know that you're going to have to go through this growing to to make this this new art you want to pursue, right? New direction you want to pursue. Mm-hmm is not gonna really go well with your fan base. So it's kind of a, your monster can yeah. become a monster, you know? I think a person like, going back to Bon Jovi, he he pretty much did that, I think it was maybe in the early 90s. He got to the point where he was just, creatively he was being very, and I've read this online, where, mm-hmm. where he was being very, uh, I guess this disillusioned with the music industry, the way things were headed. He kind of already, he already kind of knew what he was doing, yeah. so he didn't want to go the route of other bands were going through that came out during that time. Right. So he ended up firing everybody from his management and just started his own management. Went ahead and cut his hair, and you know people got crazy over that. Like, whoa, he cut his hair. It's like, well, okay, the, can't the guy cut his hair? Right. <laughs> you know, it's just that's the least of anybody's worries yeah. but it was like all over CNN and I was like, like how is this news you know he probably had made enough money where he went you know I'm gonna do this yeah. and if you like it you like it if you mm-hmm. don't you know so he ended up changed, pretty much taking charge of the band and he Good did his, his own solo thing and 
to this day, still selling out stadiums. Still doing that. Still putting out new music. Right. And he's not known for, oh, yeah, that guy from the 80s. He's pretty much the guy who started all that and is right. still relevant to this day. And and probably now he can go he can go play the songs that, the ones that put him into a certain category, mm-hmm. but he enjoys it now because he, he laid off enough. He was able to go off and do his own thing yeah. and come back to the old yeah. thing. And he feels good about it. He's one of those guys that I really started looking more into and started kind of looking up to as far as uh, songwriting and just things like that. I know he is involved a lot with a lot of charities, so he he's always the, doing something good for for others. Yeah. He's not just you know famous rock star right, living right. in his he mansion. Did, he did things the right way. So he's always doing a lot of charity work. I That's know he good did. For him. He did a. They did a concert, this was years ago, that they did at Madison Square Garden where they were raising funds for, I forget, I don't know if it was a thing for a tsunami or for mm-hmm. earthquake. Something happened and they ended I up doing a like big show. Yeah. And so he was one of the guys that performed, but it was just him with an acoustic guitar playing. And you hear everybody singing along. It's like, wow. It always comes back to songwriting. Uh, yeah. Writing good songs. Yeah. You yeah. see all the bands that kind of flew by the wayside, but I'm, I'm sure you saw them constantly during yeah. the 80s. Yeah. People teasing up their hair and yeah. looking like chicks. And, yeah. Okay, we're going to oh, write Oh, I a... remember that. I remember all <laughs> we're that. Gonna... You didn't go through that phase, did you? No. Spandex. <laughs> spandex. I, I never had a spandex. <laughs> I wouldn't look good in them anyway. But, um, the, you know, the, what do they call them? The, the, the ha- all the hair bands. The hair bands. Mm. And, uh, but... I, you know, there were some really good ones though that actually had some moderate success. Like White Snake. Yeah, like White Snake was a huge one because they had a lot of great players in that band. Yeah, uh, Coverdale, even Steve Vai at one point was the guitar player for, right. for White Snake. Uh, a lot of those guys, those good singers mm-hmm. that were in those hair bands, they got great musicians behind them, mm-hmm. and they put super little super bands together. But it comes down to the songs. Songwriting. But if you yeah, put exactly. too much emphasis on the hair and spandex, you're gonna get, you know, you're gonna get. That's the way pic- people are gonna picture you. So, mm-hmm. you better have some good songs. That, so that'll go say, beyond that. Right. Let's say like, Rat is coming to Houston. People are gonna be like, oh yeah, Rat from the 1980s. Right. They don't look at Rat. They look at Rat as kind of like, oh yeah, you know. The, party band back in yeah. the day whereas a band like Aerosmith or you know the bigger established the big guys, bands yeah. ACDC uh, Kiss people are gonna go out in droves and see them oh yeah they are they, those guys you know they'll, they'll till they're you know to their 80 and they're still and be up there wheelchairs you know who was the last guy that uh, uh that passed away recently uh, Guitarist, was I think he was bound to a wheelchair. I want to say Chuck Berry. Oh, you uh, you mean of those guys? Yeah. Recently, there's somebody that passed away. No, not BB King. Uh, uh, let me let me think. Didn't he pass away? I don't know if he did or not. I think he he might have. There was just so many people that have passed away in recent in recent years. Yeah, that I, especially I, these last couple. I lose track. I'm like, okay, so this guy died. Wow. 
but you see you see them and you see them all the time and yeah tv they'll be like i'll be playing drums you know till i'm dead right and i've seen i forget who was the last person that passed away actually passed away while playing drums i think it was one of the, the original drummers for megadeth he was playing a show with his own band and I guess it just collapsed and really? he never he never recovered. One of the original guys? Mm-hmm. I think it was from the classic lineup. Um, he was playing drums. He was matter of fact gonna come down here to do a signing last year, but you know, last year, and he ended up just dying pretty much on stage. Wow. I was like, wow, that's what a way to go out, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just you know, doing what you love. Doing what you love if you're lucky enough for that to happen. Wow. I think it was him as somebody else. I know, uh, I saw that uh, a couple months ago, Meatloaf ended up passing out on stage. He was actually singing, and then he just, he just fell down to the floor. Is he, is he still overweight, or? He, he looks like he's in pretty rough shape. Really? I mean, he doesn't look that overweight as he used to. But he, does he look like he's in rough shape? He looks pretty old. I was See, like, Man. you can't be on stage, especially big time stage like that, where mm-hmm. all those lights are on you. They, they're, they're, they're hurrying you from your hotel room to your to your concert there's all this yeah. these people because believe me it can happen on stage it can ha- if you're not in very good shape the lights the action all that will take its toll wow if you're if you're not in good shape like if meatloaf like meatloaf or something like that if he's not in good shape like that and uh and you're in front of a lot of people they're sweating a lot you know the air if you're at a concert, you you might pass out. Wow, what's that feeling like being being on stage? I know I've, I've only have gotten close to as far as speaking to other others in in public, you know, to a large crowd. Yeah, it's a before I used to be very shy about it. I would be really nervous. Whereas mm. now I I can get up in front of a whole. I'd probably still be nervous, but I can just go yeah, out but there you and can just do it. project it. Right. What's, what's that feeling like as far as playing music in front of like a large crowd? It's wonderful. It's wonderful, even to a small crowd, because mm-hmm. they, they're all looking at you, and uh, and and it can be it can be intimidating. It can, but if you feel comfortable, it's a wonderful thing. It really is, especially mm-hmm. if things are happening. Everybody's tight. It's great, but it's also uh, intimidating. You know, it right. can be intimidating, and it, and it's also work. So you you can pass out. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get. You, know, you better be in pretty good shape. But it's a wonderful feeling right. to, to to have people, especially if they're getting into it. Mm-hmm. I hear so, a lot of people, a lot of people sometimes before a show, they kind of like get in a zone, and then once they hit that stage, it's like they're a completely different. Yeah, they're they, that on stage persona. Some people can do that, do that, but. But you don't have to, you know. A lot of musicians just, uh, they're in their dressing room and they're waiting to go. they got five minutes to go, you know. And some guys are up and they're, they're some, the drummers are usually have their sticks and they're mm-hmm. going, you know. You might have, a guitar player might have a, an, an acoustic or an electric backstage with a little amp and they're sitting there going over scales, mm-hmm. warming up their hands. Uh, so... Uh, you just want to make sure that during the day that you you slept enough the night before mm-hmm. and that you ate well. Right. And then uh, when you go on, it's it's great feeling. It really is a great feeling. Right. Especially if you enjoy the music you're playing, you can project it to the people out there, and they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, 
one of the things you want to do is enjoy the music that you're doing. If you're not, get out of it, you know? Right. Because if you're not, people are going to be able to tell. You're going to end up like the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wanting right. to kill each other wanting on stage. Wanting to kill each other, right. And what, what, what did uh, somebody, uh, I forget who it was, he's like, I can't wait till... We finished this song, so I'm going to kick your ass. Kick your ass when we get off. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I was like, wow, it gets, it gets to that point. It gets it's to like, that point. Wow. It's like, and it, I'm always going back to what you said in the first place. You know, you have to go, always go back to why you're doing it because you love to do it. Exactly. Don't yeah. Just do it because you want to get famous and rich. Yeah, right. And I saw, I read an interview the other day. Um, the lead guitarist from Boston, Tom Schultz, mm-hmm. they asked him about, uh, I guess, people that have children, you know, having their children, you know, play guitar or whatever, mm-hmm. do that as a career. And he's like, well, as far as career advice, I, I would always advise for, you know, someone to establish a career, you know, go to school, get your education. Because... A career in the arts, that's, it's very, very rare that you actually get, you know, tremendous success from it as far as, you know, being rich. uh, Exactly. Famous. Exactly. Very, very rare that you're going to, you know, hit the lottery with it. Right. So always, you know, go to school, get your education, do whatever you want in school. Yeah. As far as your career. And then just kind of have that as kind of like... I don't want to say a plan B, but kind of like secondary, you know. Yeah. You want to be able to afford buying instruments. Like the other day, I just went to Guitar Center and said, hey, I have 200 bucks to spend. Let's pick up a guitar. Right. And nobody's going to say a word. Right. My, mom's gonna, my mom looks at me like, that's a nice guitar. Right. You know, she's not going to say, you know, you need to stop spending your money on that, blah, blah, right. blah. Because, you know, I already work for a living. And right. I'm able to manage my money and just kind of put money on the side and say, hey, okay, this is going to you know pay for my student loan this month and my credit card not touching it so you have to be able to you know encourage your kids to you know get guitar lessons get music lessons but also encourage them to you know get their education definitely get their education because yeah i mean i know from first hand your first hand experience you know not going through that whole college uh career path not actually working at nine to five yeah. But just doing it for a living, just playing exactly. music for a living. And you, you know, if you're going to do it for a living, you better love what you're doing. Exactly. And you better get good enough at it and keep studying on right. it to... Because to... I've thought about it, you know, what would it have been like if I actually chose a career in music? I think I would have been done with it like the first six months because, you know, I, I know it's not for me as far as, you know, a career. Right. I like it as a hobby. I like learning songs and, you know, maybe starting like a little band in the future, you know, playing parties. Sure. And for fun. Like that. For, for fun. For yeah. fun. And you know? I have friends like that too. Yeah. Who, who, who they have bands for, in garage bands and they mm-hmm. practice every week. Right. And they just do it for that. They'll never, they never go out on stage. They don't have any wanting to do Any it. desire. Any desire mm-hmm. to do it. They have their own jobs and they enjoy playing music like that. Right. And then, but they're all, they all have their own jobs. So they never wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can, they can dream about it, but but you gotta get started early. You know? Yeah, you do. You gotta get started early if you're gonna, and you, you gotta do something real well. You yeah. better be ready to put the time. 
Don't go into it because you're going to make a million bucks. Right, right. Because you're, at the end of, especially nowadays, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. So, do it because you love it, and if you don't love it enough to do it full time, you know, but get educated anyway in whatever you're doing, definitely. Right. You know. I know you encounter many people uh, in the past uh, like that, you know, just doing it for, for fame and fortune and you know having the big houses and yeah. the fancy cars you know the porsches yeah. and the ferraris and then at the end of the day you end up selling the stuff because yeah you can't afford i saw one on, on, on dr phil the other day a guy that was like uh, 32 and uh he doesn't have a job or anything and and wants to be a rock star and 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 uh, he's living in his parents basement oh and God. they and uh they're they they've paid for everything you know and he, but he spent all all any money they give him on on tons of gear but he doesn't know what he's he, do, he doesn't have he's not good enough to do it yeah and uh he's never gonna be a rock star but he wants to be a rock star he wants to be driving lamborghinis and all that mm -hmm. and uh so there's still guys out there like that wow there's a lot of things that go with that. I mean, you look at a guy like Eddie Van Halen back in the day. I mean, he had everything. He had the look. Yeah. He had the chops to go with it. Yeah. And he had the sound to go with it. So. Yeah. You can't just, you know, I can't just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to be, you know, the next. Because you're not going to be the next whatever. No, you're not. You have to be your own, your own yeah. artist, your own, you have your own sound. Right. Exactly. I was listening to an interview on the way in. Um. Steve Stevens. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Oh, yeah. He played with uh, Billy Idol. and uh, He's played with... I think he played with Michael Jackson at some point. Oh, yeah. But, again, he was talking about actually having his own sound and his own style. Because at the end of the day, you can always go to Guitar Center and buy the little Eddie Van Halen pedal. Oh, yeah. You'll sound just like him, but you're not really yeah. him. You're going to get some of the sound, but yeah. you better be ready to play. Like You better be able to have control over a guitar to get mm -hmm. to get the pedal to do to, to play the licks that Van Halen's playing, you know. Right. Just, the, the licks don't come into your hand when you buy the pedal, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's going to give you a basic eddy sound, mm -hmm. but the rest you're going to have to do on your own. Yeah, I can go buy one tomorrow and, you know, I'm still going to sound like me. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> So, I'm like, man, how can I sound like, well, you can sound like him, but you're not going to, even if you get as good as him, you're still not him. Cause uh, it's just yeah, something it's that, already been done. Yeah, it's just something that, you know, a person like him or Jimmy Page, it's just a certain style in the way that they do things right. when they play. Right, You right. just can't, you can emulate it, but right, right. put your own little spin on it. Yeah, but it's still not going to be. Yeah, I'm more into... I guess I'm more into, I guess, creating stuff as far as like the, I guess like production side of it, mm -hmm. more into like mixing and uh, actually like probably recording now. Right. And I guess having some basic knowledge on the guitar, on the mm -hmm. bass, or even on the drums, and that's another thing too, I'm just way into drums right now. I don't even have a drum set. Yeah. But I'm still, every time I go to Guitar Center, I'll get on one of those little rolling it's the electric ones I'll just start playing right. get a little beat down and I'm like I can it I turns can, you on I can handle this mm -hmm. more than I can with the guitar right but I can handle it just keeping a simple beat and just uh -huh. you know 
fills here and there. But it's, uh, I've looked at several ones. I've looked at drum machines, and they're kind of pricey. So I'm just, I'm just kind of waiting to, for the right time to purchase yeah. one. And I have to have space, too, because I don't have any space at home. Yeah. To, to I mean, play. you can buy a drum machine, but playing on one is a whole, is, mm-hmm. is another animal. Way different. So I had a little drum machine. I had an SR-16 up. I think it was a boss. Mm-hmm. I think it was a boss. Um, and just, it had a, gr- a lot of great sounds. You just but I used it to the drums in Yeah, it. I had it to uh, to give me basic beats whenever I was trying to write mm-hmm. something or whenever I, uh, I was I was learning something. I'd have the basic beat behind it, or even practicing. I'd instead of a metronome, I'd have a more interesting beat mm-hmm. put it and put on Latin Latin rhythms so that I could practice my Latin rhythms or jazz rhythms, mm-hmm. and they're useful for that. But but playing a real drum set is uh, right. You you can uh, it takes all your limbs. It's not press a button. Yeah, because I've actually looked at several drummers when they're playing, how they'll be kicking the kick drum. They'll right. Be playing with the snare and the little uh, I forget what the the, the hi hat. Hi-hat. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time they'll kicking the hi-hat too yeah and then sometimes well, they'll, they'll be doing fills they'll, they're still hitting the hi-hat and this at the same time and I'm like well I can't okay so then I'm trying to go back again and I'm right. like man that's kind of that's kind of it's hard. a lot it's a lot to do so you're keeping time with this one and at the same time you're filling yeah. in I'm like man how do they do it But and it's a lot of practice. stamina too I mean you, you have to be in shape to play drums man I've heard the stories too people with arthritis and just having to retire from drumming because it's just physically demanding especially if you're going into like your 60s you're yeah like, oh man, yeah I can you know tough. I'm not a drummer but I, I practiced on drums mm-hmm. and to play a whole song on time where you don't fall out of time yeah you know uh, takes an incredible amount of time. One song, wow. you know. I mean, to me, I could start off in a right beat, mm-hmm. even a basic beat, like with with the record, because uh, Victor used to have a drum set at the, right. at the other house, uh-huh. and I'd get out in the drums and I'd start, and I'd have a record going, man, around around the second verse, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you're done already. I'd finally stop and go, that's it, that's it. I'm not made to do this. Uh, I can just imagine these high-level players going through a whole set. And this, you look at bands like Metallica or Iron Maiden where their songs are way faster. Sometimes you're using the double kick. Yeah, That's a whole... Yeah. I get tired just trying to... Just play, watching them, yeah. Just watching them, like, man. And then they end the night. They're all just... They're all drenched and yeah. just tired. I imagine as you get older, you're... You know? They asked uh, Neil Peart one time from Rush mm-hmm. how he stays in shape. He's like, well, you know, I do a lot of swimming, a lot of uh, biking, just trying to stay in shape because I think he's about 60 now, but I think he's pretty much done from from doing like large scale touring because really? having problems with arthritis and, you know, with your shoulder, everything starts giving out. I was like, man, but you look at him when he was like 20 or 30, he was just on fire. Yeah. You'd have to stay in shape. You'd have to stay in shape. I can't imagine these people, you know, doing drugs and getting up there and just playing yeah. guitar, singing, or... Yeah, it may it, get you through the night, but the next day... Oh, my God. You're going to have to do them again in order to get you, you know, you're not going to be feeling very good, you know. No, and I've seen, I know, uh, 
uh, heroin played a big part in these guys way back then. Yeah. Maybe even still now. I mean, who knows? But, I hope not. Yeah, I hope not either. But you think about, you know, a band like Aerosmith, you hear them doing heroin and stuff, and it's like, damn, like, you're getting up there, hopped up on all that, and then yeah. you're still... Granted, of course, the songs sucked when you heard them, because... They probably did a variety of things, you know, probably heroin can bring you down, you know. Mm-hmm. So if they got on stage, they probably did a little bit of heroin, but speed to At counter the same it. Time? To Jeez. counter Oh, yeah. They, they called those, uh, I forget what they called speed those. Balls? Uh, not speed balls. Speed ball was prior speed, but they called it some other thing uh, where, where it was a combination. Mm-hmm. So. It gave you the feeling of you were up. Uh, the heroin made you feel you were good, down, and then feel good. Go but up. the speed kept you where you could enjoy the heroin, <laughs> you know, Jeez. and keep you up. You just imagine your but, heart just. But your body's doing that, right? Your heart is going. Ting, 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 ting. Wow. You're you're aging it by years, you know. Wow. So. And, gonna, like, and like I said, going back to what we started talking about first, dealing with all that money and all the. All that fame, what people expect from you, you know, they see you as this, you know, they look up to you as this, you know, this rock star. Mm-hmm. You just gotta, you don't have to keep living by that, but no, you most, most of these guys do, and they end up, you know, they end up falling victim to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, Early grave, if you don't watch it. Yeah, you heard all the stories of all the, you know, Kurt Cobain and doing all the heavy drugs too. To the point where you know they end up killing themselves. It's yeah, like, man, they, you've got to be in a dark place to to do that. To decide. Yeah, to do you that. you would you and would leave all, all that behind. You know, you leave behind a family of huge uh, talent that just pretty much got wasted. Yeah, by you know you. That's too that. bad. That'd have to be a sad way to live. Having all, I forget who it was, but. I don't know if it was a musician or an actor, but they were like big time. They had the big mansion, and they had the you know pretty cool car. Yeah. The pretty cool clothes, and they had everything. But at the end of the day, they were living by themselves. And they were lonely right. at night, every night. Yeah. It's like, man, that's gotta suck. Yeah, it's gotta suck. Yeah. And then you gotta wake up the next day feeling bad. Yeah. And you got to repeat the process to get out of that hole you're in, you mm-hmm. know. So, a vicious cycle, you know. Right. That would suck. Ultimately, to kind of end, end this podcast, uh, ultimately, I was reading something on Twitter the other day. Um, they were asking this, uh, I forget who it was, a musician, but they were asking him, if there's anything that you've learned as far as money management, uh, what would you advise somebody on as far as that and he says always save i think it was about 20 percent of your net income whatever you're making and just never touch it yeah just save it that's what they say 20 percent of 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 that pay yourself first Mm -hmm. is what they'd say as opposed to yourself last Mm -hmm. and and 20 percent where you just use 80 percent to take care of everything else Mm -hmm. but 20 percent you never saw it right Put and it back. Never touch. Put it, it back. Never touch it. Don't even for nothing. Not even for emergencies, really. Just never touch it. Use the eighty percent to to pay for your bills and put something in your wallet. Mm-hmm. You know, 
So pay your bills with the 80% and put something in your wallet. So, right, right. And but that 20% is something that doesn't exist. Right. You and know, a lot of people oversee that too. They sign the contract and they don't even know what they're signing. And also, if you can start early mm-hmm. with that 20%, for young people, if you can start early with that 20% and not touch it, putting it in the bank and making it multiply, you know, mm-hmm. with, with interest, put it into something that makes interest for over a long period of time. Right. You know, nothing risky, but something, some of these, you know, stocks that, that are not risky mm-hmm. uh, and that accrue interest right, right. within so many years, 10 years time, it's going to multiply by a lot. Right, right. A lot of people oversee that and then they end up getting to that point where, okay, well, what's the problem? Well, you know, your mortgage is coming, well, then pay it. How are we going to pay it if right, there's no money right, coming in? Right. You're spending it like crazy. Right. That's when you pull it out. That's when, if you're in real trouble, mm-hmm. you like well you know maybe you kind of have to adjust your style of living you know because i'm you know growing up i was never the type of person where i'd have to have the latest phone or the latest car me me neither you know whatever if i can afford it i'll get it and if i can't then oh well i think the only thing now i've gotten as far as latest and even then i'll just buy whatever new iphone is out but then six months later, they'll come up with a new one. And I'm like, you know, they're going to. I was like, OK, I'm just going to give up now and just <laughs> yeah. stay with this for as long as I can. Yeah. I still have the old one that I had before and it still works. So, so right. There's it's the like, message. It's like a car, right? <laughs> it's like a car. If it still works. Hey, okay, just, yeah, whatever. But I've learned along the way, you know, granted, when I was younger and I would start getting money from school, money that I would never have to pay back. Mm. Looking back now, I was like, man, I probably could have saved that money a little, a little smarter. Right. Probably could have been a little smarter with it. You learn along the way your priorities, what you have to pay, and you know what you really need instead of what you really want. Right. Right. So. Yeah, that's a whole. That's. But you know, I'm not one to tell you know people how to spend their money. I'll, if they ask, I'll be like, hey, you know, you could do this, you could do that, but you know. Yeah, that's as far as I'll go. It takes discipline. It takes discipline. It really does. It's kind of hard, you know, going to a guitar center and be like, "Man, I really want to." And you see all those pretty guitars and all those nice amps and. All I those could have toys. bought that drum set a long time ago, but right. You know, I really don't want to take that hit. Right. Because right. I know I'm gonna pay for it later, right. whether I want to or not. Yeah. But uh, Helly, this was a lot of fun. I know this was the first time doing this uh, on GarageBand, so hopefully, well, let's, well, let's see if it works. Hopefully, I can figure out how to upload this thing i don't think it's that hard to do anyways but i was finally able to get the two microphones working all right so hopefully next time i can use the other program okay for it to start working and if not i can just go back to this as a little backup okay good but uh it's always good to come down to baytown and Same have a little here. chat and uh you, i know you're going to be playing around town you're always playing uh What's that place down in Kimo you go uh, play? T-Bone at? Toms. T-Bone Toms, exactly. I have to go check you out sometime. To... I'll let you know. And uh, for people that actually want to go check you out, I know you're on Facebook. Uh, we've given the information out in the past as to who you play for and all that stuff. So. Okay. And uh, as far as your social media presence, I mean, whatever you want to do with that, hey, 
Good. I good. say go for it. <laughs> I'm going to try. But uh, thanks a lot, Haley. You got it. Talk to you soon. You got it.